So, why do you think you need to get yourself over? You're a ring announcer. <laughs> go. <laughs> Take that hair off at night when you go to bed. Yeah, Ethan Renau lives in Eloise, Wisconsin. Eloise? Yeah. Where's that? It's near Green Bay, so he's out. Ooh. Uh, Dave Teschendorf's on. Who's that? Remember him? Sean Lowe. Prime time. He's very, like, political and militant. And fat. Yeah. I like fat people. I noticed. (laughs) Should I ask Jack Buckwell again? (laughs) I've been recording for a while, by the way. I don't care. And welcome, welcome, welcome into Gravel Talk, ladies and gents. Thank you for joining us. Well, this week in the Spotlight and Squirt Circle, we are sitting down with Greg Ganya, the son of Vern Ganya. We're sitting down with Larry the Axe Henning. We're sitting down in the Spotlight and Squirt Circle with Ryan and Darren Corbin, Zach Gowan. We're sitting down with Dick Justice. You're listening to Gravel Talk, keeping you up to date on the Midwestern independent wrestling. And we are live! We're going to get started here in a second. Are you done putting stuff Fuck in a hat? Everyone. I don't know. Anybody? Yeah. Corey Wells? You want to get Corey Wells down here? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's, it is. And I'm pretty sure that's a real long drive. How about Brandon Blaze? I mean... Also it, a long what drive. What if he brings his girlfriend? Is that is that a plus? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Is it a plus? I've never seen it. She does the raffle stuff for Frank. What By about, the way, that's going to be our network. Tyler Baggins. What about Tyler Baggins? Okay. What it's about gonna, Jerry Girth? It's going to be called Raffle Talk, where we just talk about you different raffles we've been a part of. <laughs> I'm just going to put this out there. You invite Jerry Girth over here, he's going to leave with something. Like, I'm not saying he's a thief, but he's constantly got his hand out on the internet. Who can park my 30-foot fucking RV for the next 60 days? Yeah. How about, how about, ah, here we go. How about Randy Ritchie? That'd be fun. How about Rob Myers? We can ask him why he takes spank bank pictures of Melissa <laughs> Banty. Have we looked into why Tyler's not here? Have we considered the fact that it might be because of Eddie Watson? It might be because of Eddie Watson. Where is Eddie Watson? Let's get him down here. <laughs> He's probably right we're, outside. We're doing Eddie Watson. <laughs> um, hey, Josh Maxim's online. He's like our Joan Rivers. Yeah, Joan Rivers, basically, she had nothing going on, so she just... Yeah, I can be there. I can be there in five we, minutes, We Sean. need somebody for the Tonight Show tonight. Oh, anybody call Joan Rivers? How about Connie Hamilton? <laughs> Who's Connie Hamilton? <laughs> A D-list actress from the 80s. No, Scotty Hawk's wife. Oh, that one. Yeah. Her name is actually Connie Hamilton? That's what it says. Or is she just calling herself Connie Hamilton about, after the T-list actress? How about Pete Sisko? How about Matt Fu? Is uh, is he going to get put over by Vic Ross? I never made him you job to Oh, who was that? Johnny Barky Newman. <laughs> is he online? <laughs> can, I get, can I get him on? How about Kelly Nelson? Sock tits? No, white, <laughs> white nips. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> white nips. Oh, God, how can you confuse sock tits and white nips? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, are we ready? <laughs> I guess we're ready. We're not. 
We're not ready. We're not ready. What needs to go in the hat? Uh, you guys are in the wrong chairs. <clears throat> well, I'm sitting here because the computer's here. Oh, we're boy. switching stuff up. Oh, all right. Professional oh, equipment. Oh, exactly. like how this episode goes. I don't think this is going to go. Very are you well. superstitious? Is that what's happening right now? We need to corner the guest in. Like, no, I'm going to pout. How about Seth Witkowski? <laughs> well, he he is in the Oshkosh area. Yeah. Is he now? Yeah. We can have him drive down when he gets five minutes away. We can cancel. What do you think? I hope all this ends up on the show. I do, I do too. Us going through our phones trying to find a second person. You say you don't want Sean, Sean Lowe, huh? Yeah, I'm sure. How about Manservant Baxter? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Are you high? No. No, but I did just work the last six days in a row, and I'm super tired. Joey Eastman? Joey Eastman's in, like, Iowa, isn't he? I thought it was an East Coast thing, but... Lena Yinasioro? Who's that? Is that Lena Dioro? It is. What about her? Would ya? Mm, (laughs) What about Kid Riotson? Come on, man. You're just getting further and further away. Onyx. This is going to end up with, like, what about Junkyard Dog? Oh, what about Jesus Rodriguez? <laughs> I would love to interview the Junkyard Dog. Hey, you got Jesus Rodriguez on your phone? I, no, I don't know who that is. Oh, he had that... That's Caribbean. one of the... That's is one that of one the of Caribbean... Caribbean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought he had a hit in the early 90s. With what song? That was Jesus Jones. I oh, think. sorry. Yeah. No on Andrew Reuter again? Mike Safford. What about Mike Safford? How about Mike Fleeshacker? Find him. I'd love to. Do you have his number? No. Because <laughs> he'd do it. Oh, are you sure? He's probably 12 years in already. Even better. Is this a new theme? That's Jesus Rodriguez. <laughs> No, that's Jesus Jones. Same person. <laughs> well, in my book, it's Jesus Christ. What about Justin Fairbanks? <laughs> Come on! What? Come on! What? I'm out! Heather Lorraine? Let's just do an episode with Larry. Right. We can do an extended if we need to. All right, ready? You got a hat? Oh, there's a hat. The hat's right there. All right, I'm gonna get all screwed up now doing these intros. All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Everybody, it's the Ross Family Matters podcast, and uh, boy, oh boy, it's been a great uh, start to 2019, and we've got a great show for you. Hey, I'm Hotshot Scott Williams. Over here is where I belong. Is Vic the Stick Ross, and to my right, instead of across from me, is Jack Spade. So I'm really confused. 
it's it's not a video podcast. It you should be though. Go, but it should okay. be. Can we figure that technology out? By the way, Can we a webcam. Yeah, I have one. It's right here. We could Facebook Live. Is that called a TV show? Uh, it's like a video blog. Yeah, a vlog. A video. Blog. A video cast. Webcast. Blog. Webcast. Yeah. We should be webcasting. We should not. Anyway, our guest is a guy who was a great play-by-play announcer for SWE. He managed in MEPW, right? And uh, is a wrestling historian for years gone by. Larry Hansen joins us. Well, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Heard a lot of the episodes of this show, so. But not all of them. You're the one. He's the one. (laughs) <laughs> He's heard more than I'm I one am. of your 72 Twitter followers. Hey, hey, 72. Wait, hold on a minute. Whoa, that thing hey. is in the tank. That's going downhill. What? We're losing that. Twitter followers? No, he's way know. back on episode whatever. Oh, Even okay. the porn bots are <laughs> still <laughs> following us. 82. We've still gone backwards, but. Okay. Who left us? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't tell me when they leave. Like, I don't get like. Richie Davis? Oh, he's still in there, I think. Oh. All right. Was he in there? I don't know. So, Larry, you've heard the show. You've mentioned it. Uh, You know how this kind of rolls. So why don't you tell everybody how you got involved in doing play-by-play and then how you got to meet this motley crew of of characters. Okay, well, I'm not going to go too far into my backstory because we'll get to that. But, you know, grew up, big fan, big fan all my life, you know. And during the time frame... from hearing the story about how you guys got involved, there was no real indie scene when I was that age. And I grew up in Portland, Oregon. So there's no indie scene or anything like that where I could have gotten involved. Were you around for the Portland television stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. Portland wrestling died when I was in my early 20s. Gotcha. So I saw Scotty the Body. I saw Buddy Rose. I saw Rip Oliver. I saw Roddy Piper, you know, when I was like 9 or 10. The Grappler. The Grappler. He was a big star the last four or five years. I mean, he was a big deal. Nord the Barbarian, you know. Just Billy Jack Haynes. Billy Jerk Haynes. You know, so... You know he's a fucking lunatic, right? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know. YouTube it. Yeah. Right now? Well, no, how- lunatic. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, 2010, I'm, I'm a reporter for the newspaper in West Bend and I see all at a couple of gas stations signs for the baby haystacks was that his name the big yeah, guy that name, died yes. yeah the big guy that died there was a benefit show for him yeah oh yes 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 so so I called and talked to Mike Thompson who's affectionately known as Michael Steiner or you guys have another name for him <laughs> <laughs> Good old Morgan. I'm not going to call him that. He, he hates that. I know he does. So, so anyway, I called him up. I did a story preceding the show, you know, trying to drum up some interest. Because obviously wrestling fan, working at a newspaper, you know, it's better than covering a board meeting, you know. Right. So I come out the night of the show. I watch. I'm backstage taking pictures. Buck Zumhoff is there in the oh, main event. boy. <laughs> What? You guys weren't in Powerhouse at that point for the last show? Uh, no, I was never I think fully I worked the last show as a commissioner. No, that was a young guy that 
I think you guys have talked trash about. Yeah, Stephen Van Beckham. I thought he was the commissioner or GM. He might have, because we were doing co-working off each other. Oh, okay. But, yes. So, so I covered the show, took pictures, wrote my little story after the event, and I was just kind of lamenting, you know, God, I wish I had known this had been around, you know? It's fun, entertaining, you know? And you'd been here how long at that point? Like four years. Okay, so yeah. yeah. You know, I'd lived in Milwaukee for about four years at the time, and then... About a year later, I'm at a different gas station. It's out on Highway 33. They had really good um, JoJo potatoes. You know what JoJo potatoes yeah, are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had, and I saw a flyer for wrestling at, at Harley. All right, pump the brakes. What the fuck is JoJo potatoes? You don't know? They're like potato wedges. If I knew what I asked, what the fuck yes. is JoJo? No, yes, I would not. Yes, you would. You're a contrarian. They're, they're, they're like, <laughs> like potato wedges cooked like fried chicken. <clears throat> So it's got fried chicken. As like a, so it's a like breaded a potato. Yeah. 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 Okay. Really Like good. the stuff at Shakey's. Can you eat it if Never you're vegan? Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. You're not vegan. You're fucking fat. <laughs> Chocolate is vegan. French fries are vegan. Are you, not are you totally vegan? Milk. No, I'm not vegan at all anymore. Oh, you gave that up. We gave that. Yeah, it was chocolate is made with milk. milk. How can it be vegan? Not all chocolate. No, dark chocolate. Yeah, dark chocolate's milk. not. It's gross. No, it is gross. All right. <laughs> See, this is the contrary. But it's an aphrodisiac. Thing. That's your talk. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Dark chocolate make you want to fuck. Go ahead. Oh, my. <laughs> all right. So so I see the flyers up for for um, wrestling at at the Harley. So I. I had gotten Bruce Allen's number like the year before because I'm sorry, Bruce Allen. Oh no, I heard you. I'm just sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Big Bob was his brother-in-law, yes. so I had his number. Did the you know I had, I called? Hey, who who would I talk to for the for the new wrestling? He's like, oh, that's Chris Hansen. So I called Chris, did a story, came to the the summer show outside, you know, did a story again, and then. I was going to come to the next show because I had talked to Chris. Hey, you want me to do some programs, you know, write up a little couple features and you can hand them out at the shows, you know, whatever. You know, I'd always wanted to be by the behind the scenes. I was in my 40s by that point, so I knew yeah. I couldn't wrestle then. So, but I wanted to be involved. So, so I came to the next show and like the day before the show, hey, you want to do ring announcing? Never done it, but I'll put on a tie and I can figure it out. So I rank ring announcer. And then a couple months later, he um, so he he was going to have a winter rumble. He's like, "Let's have you be the host of that show," and I end up in the rumble somehow, and I eliminate Chris, sexy KC, and so we had an angle where I was I would always do color commentary on sexy KC's matches, and I, then I'd sit in the crowd the rest of the shows, and then when. SWE went went under. Um, Will asked me to go up and do some managing up in uh, main event, and I did that for a few years. So, I mean, it, it was really fun, and it was everything I hoped it could be. I mean, obviously, I never. I'm, I'm a pimple on the ass of the history of wrestling, but I I had some fun. It was a good time. More like an ingrown hair. Thank you. Thank ingrown you. hairs can be nasty. Who uh who did you, who did you all manage in your time managing? Uh, I forget the name of the team, but David Triggs and his buddy. Oh, oh Tom. Uh, yes. T-O-M. Not his buddy Tom. <laughs> no, uh, the Outcast yeah. movement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, the Outcast movement. 
Yeah. I do remember my promo was the same day Kevin Durant signed with the Golden State Warriors. I said, this seems going to be a bigger super team than even the Warriors. So that was fun. That's actually how I base a lot of my life history around is that, that moment. July 4th, 2016. That's right. And then, um, then I managed Tiny and the Chief. Oh, so you did get to work with Chief Get Yourself Over. I did. Get some tight. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my history. Well, let me just say, you are no longer a pimple on the wrestling because you worked with the great Chief Atacatacula, which now puts you right up there with J.J. Dillon. Well, I really appreciate that. I would disagree, but... Well, Chief wouldn't. Chief says... Maybe we should get him for the second show. Chief, I'm sure he'd bring himself in. Chief said he is the... Uh, he'd Native the beast with him. He probably would. Well, he's the Native American Tully Blanchard, he said. The Native American Tully Blanchard? <laughs> yes. What are you pointing at me for? So, Steve Gearwolf? <laughs> hey oh. Anyway, so that's... and and. That's how you're. You got into. How was it uh, when you got to manage the first time? What was? What did that feel like? It was so much fun. It was in. I think it was in Beaver Dam. Is that where we started? I can't remember. I think it was Beaver Dam, and God, those people hated me the minute I came out the curtain. I don't know what I did to piss them off, but. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Well, if you took a shower before the show, that'll cover it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah I yeah, did. Yeah. So they don't like that flowery smell of soap up in Beaver Dam. <laughs> Some people just have those faces, you know. Hey, I might have that face. I I get it. All right. Any other questions for Larry about his wrestling? When you were watching wrestling as a youngster, your formative years, who was your favorite wrestler? God, you know, I loved heels, uh, even as a kid, you know. I loved Playboy Buddy Rose. I loved Rip the Crippler, you know. And then in about 1985, 86, we get cable, and all of a sudden I see the World Wrestling Federation, which was mind-blowing to me. Because this this thing looked like the NBA compared to high school basketball watching watching. Portland wrestling and then watching the WWF it was like this is the NBA this is high school basketball or even middle school because the Portland sports arena that ceiling wasn't much taller than this to be honest with you so you know I loved Bundy I loved Stud you know I know they're not great workers but I was just oh and they were big, colorful they're larger they were than colorful life and too, larger yeah. than life and you know I'm 6'5 about 270 right now I like big guys. I, I always liked big guys. So We're definitely going to be using that drop in a commercial. Yeah. Larry, who are you gay for? I like big guys. Big guys. I've always liked big guys. <laughs> well, my, who, my, who I'm gay for is not a big guy. <laughs> well, you know. you got to pick a smaller guy if you want to be in charge. Yes. Well, so, but you're right about the, So, But I was a little different because now I, I grew up on the AWA, obviously, but. I love when we got cable, you know, the WWF was a thing and I watched it, but I really gravitated to the Jim Crockett stuff because that was my first exposure to that. You know, it to me, it almost seemed like they were the same thing, but they were two different things because the WWF, Hulk Hogan's gonna face 
Roddy Piper in six in this match six months out, and it would never change. Nothing, you know, you can't plan out an NBA championship or a World Series six months in advance, but they know that these two are still going to be the guys yeah, right. in six months. But when I watched WCW or NWA, Crockett Promotions, they were always changing shit. Now, at the time, I thought, oh, well, that's more like sports because things happen. You know, titles change. You know, he can't defend the title. He twisted his ankle or whatever. Right. Little did I realize it was because of all the backstage chaos in right. the company. Book, Booker's changing. Booker's changing, yeah. But at the time, I'm thinking, you know, as a, as a mark, I'm thinking, wow, WWF really has every their shit together. They know what they're going to do. And something always happens in the NWA where it's never what they advertise. Or well, they, well, you had that, but then you also had, even though Crockett was the power broker, you had other territories of the NWA that would fight over who should... Whereas with Vince, like, this guy's my champ, so right. deal with it. Like, there's no booking committee, there's no championship committee, there's just his vision. So. Right. There aren't too many cooks in the kitchen. Right. It's ironic but, because that's the problem they have right now. Because they're large writing staffs? Is what you're thinking? But, exactly but here's the I thing. Think. As a mark, as somebody who didn't have a lot of wrestling history and background at that point, I looked at Hulk Hogan as a champion and slay me all you want, but it made sense. He was the champion. He was larger than life. He was, you know, he was larger than life. And you know, Crockett Promotions seemed a little more grittier and more realistic sports-wise, whereas... Right, right. Yeah. Well, and, and what cooked me was, like, the attacking Dusty Rhodes in the Jim Crockett parking lot with the bat, tying his arm up to that pickup truck. You know, like, like yeah. I'm like, wow, this is... Plus, you were gay for baby dolls. <laughs> you can't yeah. be gay for baby doll because she was a beautiful '80s woman. Prove it. Uh, Did she have a dick? Yeah, is that uh, what you're saying? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all right. Yeah. Well, so does. Never mind. Um, so I guess my questions, and I'm going to try to bring it back to kind of a local standpoint here, since the only people who actually listen to our show live here. Uh, uh, literally in this house. Yeah. <laughs> in this basement. <laughs> but uh, so the first show you were at. Right, you you talked about with right. that with that show, but when you were going to shows, what's really the first match or the first angle or the first something that really stuck out to you as being uh, like, oh, okay, this is something I can sink my teeth into. This is something that uh, has merit. Something I want to stay involved with. You know, for me, it wasn't so much as I, I mean, the chase, chase and storm was the first big feud they had in SWE and that was still going on when I was there and your buddies the Highland Militia they won the tag titles the night I um, the night I was ring announcing so their time is up yeah so I like Devlin King yeah he's a good guy Uh, (laughs) I like him both so so anyway shut up so anyway and then Monica became the owner and I remember when they lost the belts a few months later. I remember one of the Highland Militia, I can't remember if it was Devlin Kane or the other guy, screaming for Monica to help save them because they had to defend against the good old boys. But yeah, I mean, and then you guys were in, you guys won the titles shortly after that. 
Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Who yeah, you guys there? beat the good old boys, yeah. didn't Did you? Did we beat the good old boys? Yeah. Was it yeah. the good old boys? Were you at the show? Do you remember the show when we had the six-man tag <laughs> with the Urban Horseman and our referee had an inexplicable heart attack? And then his replacement had one, too? I don't know if I was there or not. It was insane. It was... you. He, there was no ref bump at all, and he decided to not only take his own bump, but then take himself out of the match. Yeah, that doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, was, you, yeah if you were there, you'd have remembered it. You know, we say that, but people may not actually remember it because, you know. Well, but knowing the, the, yeah. the eye you have, you would have been like, that was strange and made no sense. Especially since we kept looking at the first ref on the outside of the ring. As he laid prone across three, three chairs. chairs. <laughs> <laughs> that was insanity. Uh, all right. So, Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh, come on, Nick. We just got to talk about Grapple Talk, where we talk about wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also got to plug the social media. That's right. Facebook.com slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was. High five. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Chris Lockman, host of the Smart Money Wrestling Podcast. Join me and my co-host, AJ Jensen, each week as we discuss all things professional wrestling. WWE, NXT, Ring of Honor, Luch Underground, New Japan, as well as the local indie scene here in Wisconsin. We'll also bring you interviews with some of the Midwest's up-and-coming independent stars and where you can see them in your area. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, as well as on Twitter, at Smart Money. Check us out. Hey, everybody. This is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host, Ragbag, as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and, of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy gaming check us out all right so before we jump into the hat we're going to ask the question who are you gave for aaron Rodgers. okay wow yeah, he's a good looking like fella. athletic guy well is he how aaron Rodgers is a bigger guy right well he's six two but no everybody the thing about aaron Rodgers is he he hates it when people say you look smaller than i thought you'd be yeah he does hate that so yeah. You're thinking that I could throw Would him you around? Would you say that as you snuck behind him? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really going to say it as you snuck behind yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to go into the hat. No, we're we... not. No, what do we got next? See, we're in the wrong chairs. You don't remember the fucking format, Larry Hansen. What you been got going on? Well, you know, I mean, obviously, you guys know you Fuck saw me. Bullshit. <laughs> You guys saw me as 400-pound Larry, and now I'm not. And I'm on my way to being 400-pound Larry. There you go. You're taking the weight he's lost. At a certain size, you have to change your name. So, so you know, so. I'm glad you're bringing this up, though, because, yeah, you have done an amazing job with not only weight loss, but the running and the physical activity. It's amazing. Right. So, yeah, so, you know, I'm just trying to get myself refocused on my running between that and work and coaching youth baseball. We're... I coach a travel 11-year-old team, and we're doing our winter workouts right now, so that's kind of keeping me busy. Nice. So, yeah. Lane, what you been got going on? Yeah, that's right. I host this bitch now because we're all <laughs> topsy-turvy. 
ain't shit. I got the Winter Rumble coming up, although this will probably air past the wait, Winter wait. Rumble. Wait, wait, the South Milwaukee Rumble. What's the difference? Who's, who does the Winter, Winter Rumble? MEPW was just it happened oh, last yeah. week. Yeah. yeah. It happened already. Oh. Like, literally. Not in, not even in broadcast time, but in real time. In real time. Okay. Were you supposed to be in that? I guess so. Get up there. You can still I was in. never eliminated, <laughs> That's technically. That's right. Uh, <clears throat> no, the South Milwaukee Rumble uh, for uh, Angel Harmony. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then the Legacy Show next month on the 8th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll be at that one. Uh, should I talk about my... No, I put it in the hat. Yeah. I put it in the hat. I won't talk about my ass. Well, I'll be at the same South Milwaukee Rumble, and uh, I'll be maybe in, again for the 8th straight year in charge of booking the entire Rumble, which would be fun. Whoa, inside baseball. Yeah, and then I will be at the Legacy Show as well, but then on Sunday the 10th... Where he'll also book a Rumble, even though it's not on the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on Sunday the 10th, uh, there's a really cool show, ACW. They run at Tanner's up in uh, Kimberly once or twice a year. But this is the first time they're running a Sunday show. 3 o'clock, it'll be the week after the Super Bowl. It'll be a lot of fun. And it's uh, two shows left before their big show, uh, the uh, ACW Wrestling Con, in which McFoley will be there. That's, that's April 27th. McFoley will be there. Gangrel will be wrestling. Shane Douglas will be there. Francine will be there. Jack Swagger will be there. Mark Henry will be there. And you're going to want to be there, too. Oh. Great. What about you? I have the South Milwaukee Rumble. <laughs> and then not a damn thing in February because both of the shows I'm supposed to be at, I will be in the Dells on a va- family vacation. All right. But... If you don't go to Legacy, go to RCCW February 8th up in Lacrosse. Hey, did Maru get put in a van and driven away? Who gives a shit? Is that what I saw? <laughs> is he gone, gone? Is that a story? Is that a. Uh, he is uh, taking a brief sabbatical. Okay. But now we're ruining this for the people who go to those shows. More Inside Baseball. Inside Baseball. That's the name of our new show. More Inside Baseball. How about that? Hey, oh, they got All right. Um, so we added some things to the hat while we were getting ready for the show and trying to find a, a, a guest for next week's show at the same time. So Inside, inside baseball. Ooh. Why is that? Behind the scenes. <laughs> Guess what? Podcasts look for guests. I well, bet you probably it. never knew that. You're informing that we record Keep multiple. Keep I didn't. I said record. next week's show. Yeah. I didn't say but next why, week's show is going to take See, you're the one who's given the I'm business. I'm sorry. Vern Gagne would inside break inside your leg baseball. right now. Kevin <laughs> Kelly would break your leg. Kevin Kelly would break my leg? Kevin Nails? No. Yeah, nails. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the one that worked for WWF. And oh, the announcer? Yeah. No, the other Kevin Like Kelly. that. Yeah. Hi, I'm Kevin Kelly. And then he just hits me in the leg with a tire iron. The Louis. Yeah. He <laughs> the old Tanya right. Harding. So Is Tanya heard... Harding in the hat? No. No. Met her. Did you? Oh, yeah, right. Portland. I, yeah. How was that? Was that? Is she as trashy as... I didn't warn you that things are sticky in there. Is she as trashy, also known as cute, as everybody thinks she is? Cute? Oh, yeah. You You thought Tanya Harding was cute? Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) This is the perfect question, actually. The Big Mac or the Big Mick? (laughs) The Big Mick? Yeah. What's the Big Mick? Coming to America. Come on. McDowell's, motherfucker. (laughs) Hey, you know the sequel's coming up. That's what I hear. Yeah. 
It's been signed. I don't know if it's going to be any good. I don't know if I can racially ask, answer this question. Let's ask a black man. Let's give him a holler. Think I'll, it, I'll give my answer. Yeah. It's the Big Mac because the Big Mick is fictional. Yeah. Hey, once again, I have like four numbers for this dude in my phone. Which one is it? I doubt I got it. We've Oh, we Facebook call it. Yeah, right? we Facebook call it. All right. So let me ask you this. Since we're talking about it, the are the Big Mac or the similar Big Boy Burger? Still the Big Mac. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. What about you, Big Mac? Big, hey. What's up, motherfucker? Hey, it's time to ask a black man. You ready? It's okay. All right. All right, go ahead and ask the question. All right, the question is, the Big Mac or the Big Mick? The Big Mac, man. What the fuck is the Big Mick? Oh, you're the worst black guy in history. <laughs> you didn't see Coming to America? Where's the Mick Mick? From Coming to America? Oh! <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm still got to get with the Big Mick, man. Well... I mean, from the Big Mac. I want you to know that we're here today with Larry Hansen. Hello, Larry Hansen. How Hello. are you? Good. How are you, Masters? And uh, we want to thank you for this. And your payment... Don't will... you do it. No, no. Don't you do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But I just want okay. you to know that right now I'm going to pay you in a line from Coming to America. Are you ready? Sure. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Fuck you, too! <laughs> he beat Joe Lewis's ass! <laughs> I think the Joker just got dropped off the <laughs> Alright, man, thank you for your help. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Peace! Motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> Alright! Well, that was... That was fun. Glad we got to... Oh, you go, you're next. Ask a black guy. Oh, are we... We're screwing up... Oh, yeah. oh it's anarchy today. <laughs> okay? Let's just... Let Larry get back in there. Fuck it. What do we got? Oh, well, Jesus Christ. We're going to have to call him again. Are you serious? Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle, Cat Williams, or Kevin Hart. Okay. Let me start before we call him. Before we call him. Eddie Murphy, when he was doing his stand-up, was as funny as anybody out there. It was one of the best ever. Correct. And his first five years of his movie career were as amazing. From 48 Hours to Trading Places. Except for Golden Child. That wasn't yeah, the first was five bad. years. Sure it was. Are you yeah. sure? Yeah, because his first thing would have been like 82. Yeah, 48 hours. 82, yeah. 83, 84, 85, 86. Yeah. Right. But had a lot of hits. And then things went south. But still like him. Chappelle was funny. I don't think he was Eddie Murphy, but he was funny. Cat Williams has had 19 DVDs, and it's the same act in all 19 DVDs. I like Cat Williams. Great, but he has done nothing to evolve as a comedian after that first hour of material he wrote. That's that's a fact. I think you can't like. Are we comparing them just on the merits of stand-up? What else is out of all of them? The least acting chops belong to Cat Wood. For sure. Okay. 100%. So then we really don't have anything else but to But I would on. argue that the least stand-up chops belong to Kevin Hart. Although he's made 
arguably the most money. Literally the worst guy on the list. Yeah. Has never made me smile, let alone laugh. <laughs> Which is why he would have been perfect for the Oscars. Because those guys are never funny. But anyway. Well, you've seen him live. Yeah. And how was it? It was exactly what you would have expected. Like, because uh, you're looking at, you know, Eddie Murphy and uh, Kevin Hart are your big money makers. Yeah, but right? Murph- I'm, I'm picking Murphy. I know. Yeah, like, it's Eddie Murphy. But Chappelle is like your comedian's comedian kind of guy. Where Chappelle's everybody- fine. I don't, I like Chappelle. The way it is written on that paper, Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle, Cat Williams, Kevin Hart, that's exactly how I view that list. Hmm. That's exactly how I view that list. Hmm. Where do you put Pryor? Richard Pryor? Where would Pryor Richard Pryor would probably... It would probably go, for me, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, Dave Chappelle. Unless you argue that there was no Eddie Murphy without Richard Pryor. Yeah. Uh, I think talent, right? I think talent gets found. (laughs) I... I don't buy that argument. I think Eddie Murphy would have been successful even without Richard Pryor. Yeah, because he was so good on Saturday Night Live, too. Taking nothing away from Richard Pryor, I still found Eddie Murphy to be funnier than Richard Pryor. Yeah. It's just, to me, you you can't talk about anybody. Even, you can't talk about white comedians. You can't talk about black comedians. Anywhere from, like, the 80s on, you can't talk about that kind of style of anybody being able to say whatever the hell they want on stage without talking about Carlin and without talking about Pryor. Those two are kind of the, the the base. You want an unpopular opinion? Oh, yeah, you can, I do. You can keep Carlin. Yeah, I'm not a Carlin guy. Just sorry. Uh, you know what? And first of all, he even if I thought his earlier stuff was maybe groundbreaking, he devolved into a bitter, grumpy asshole. Like he really just turned into that. Going back Isn't to it? your point, mm-hmm. what about Lenny Bruce? Lenny well, Bruce. without Lenny Bruce, there would have been no Carlin or Pryor. Well, Lenny Bruce was not afraid. But Lenny Bruce, <laughs> Lenny Bruce also uh, really paid a whole lot for everything he did. But he opened that door, so it's a natural evolution. Wait a minute, you don't think that some of the, his other contemporaries, like Soupy Sales and Nipsey Russell, would have put would have pushed the envelope if Lenny Bruce wasn't oh, around? Oh, that peanut butter. Peanut brittle bit from Wildcats. That's some classic Nipsey Russell. We had that peanut brittle for the last 20 years. <laughs> Eddie Murphy is there because of Richard Pryor, and he's there because of Bill Cosby. Cosby. Yeah, right, because Richard Pryor also roofied people. <laughs> oh, wait. No, he didn't he have just, to. He just gave him cocaine. No, he set himself on fire. It's a different, yeah. it's a different level. Yeah. All right. So that's fair. Kevin Hart, not funny. Yeah. Well, that, I will that unanimously is. put Kevin Hart on the bottom of that list. And I will agree with Scott <laughs> about Cat Williams. His stand-up bits are always the they're exact same. The same, but they're so funny. The first ones, especially. Well, the right. First but two. but they're all the same. But that's why they're yes, those were great. But I'm I'm not exaggerating. You go to his sixth special, and three quarters of it is just callbacks to the first special. It's like, come on, cat. Like, that's what you should have told your old lady when you had to take her to Kevin Hart. <laughs> come on, cat. <laughs> Shit. All right. All right. All right. You going in? I'm going. Get in there. Get deep. Really feel it out. <clears throat> All right. Let's see. Can't believe we wasted our ask a black guy on the Big Mac or the Big Mac. Wow. Um, Matt Winchester. 
Um, I'm going to start because I have quite a long history with Matt Winchester. Matt Winchester was a young wrestler uh, getting trained by Rich Finke, working for Powerhouse, and I was able to book him on some of the Rebel shows I was doing back in 99, 2000-ish. Maybe it was 2000, 2001. But you understand. Uh, he ended up uh, getting some further training down with Harley Race. He's one of the guys who does a lot of the booking for BCW, and he's been in Ring of Honor for two years. And uh, him and I have always gotten along. And uh, I'm, he's the reason I'm in BCW, because he talked to Frank. They looked for a ring announcer, and Matt said Scott would be a great fit for this job. And I can't say anything bad about him. Okay. I interviewed him for another newspaper story at the State Fair show a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. Hell of a nice guy. Yeah. Hell of a nice guy. Beer City Bruiser. And the, here's the thing. He's 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 on Ring of Honor, national platform, kind of national platform. Well, yeah, yeah. But it's definitely a national platform. I mean... The thing I like about him, he is so unique compared to everything else you see out there in pro wrestling today. Sure. So, I mean, and it harkens back to the 80s where a guy like that could be a monster heel and go from territory to territory to territory. Sure, sure. You know? I'm going to disagree with you just slightly. Okay. Okay. I, I believe he was unique until they went out and got a fatter version of him and then paired him with him. Brian Malonis. Oh, right. Well, well sure. He yeah. was unique. When you put him and Silas together, you could see the There's disparity. A yes, There's a and now that you've put them with, like they took that aspect of it away. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah, no, because Silas should be working singles. Right, right. But and that's not to say Winchester shouldn't be. But no, I mean I think Matt's great as a singles wrestler too. But I loved him as the Beer City Bruisers and Bruce City. Like I always just thought of tag teams when I thought of him. You know. Well, yeah, that's him and Alberto were a tag team. I mean, this takes us off topic, but booking wise, you have a bigger fellow like that. I mean, tag teams are a great place to put them. Sure, whether flyer, whether they're whether they're a heel and they're you know pounding on the face in peril, or whether they're the hot hot tag guy in a face team. Putting bigger guys like that in tag teams is always a great way to go. Well, we've talked about this, so I don't want to rehash it. We talked about the death of tag team wrestling because I grew up tag team wrestling was my favorite like as much as I liked Ric Flair tag team wrestling and a strong tag team yeah. division with 8 to 10 legit teams in your division that was fun and you could you could build your career on that absolutely you could be a career tag guy you could be somebody who didn't have charisma or somebody who didn't have as much in-ring skill but had the charisma right and you could take those two guys and pair them together and form something that allowed them to Basically, elongate their career. Bobby yeah. Eaton, perfect oh example. God, yeah. No charisma, great worker. Mm-hmm. They always put him with a charismatic guy, and like Stan Lane, who was charismatic, but not and the Dennis best. Condry. Well, he was just well, <laughs> he was just known for his he, strong charisma. You know what else he was known for? Perpetually wearing a sweater <laughs> <laughs> in the ring. He grew it. He can wear it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. So you you gonna chime in here? I like him. Oh, that's my bit. Is it? It is. Anarchy. <laughs> All right, well, I have a complicated history with Matt Winchester. 
Oh. We're not going to get into, like, it because it's anything that... Went, I think we talked about it already. And we yeah, did. Yeah. And anything that went negative there is, is pretty much squashed. Um, he's not a fan of my work. I can tell you that, which is fine. Who is? <laughs> but I... I have a hard time harboring any ill will towards the guy because I like so many of the people that he's helped get into the business at this point through that school. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I mean, he's the head trainer for... Yep. I feel yeah. the same way about him as I do uh, to a different extent about Frankie, right? Because mm-hmm. there's all these negative stories. There's there's good and negative stories about Winchester when you, when you ask around people, right? You say that about anybody. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, to be fair, anybody in the wrestling business, you could... Because there's people who will say negative things about me, and I can't understand what, why. But there are also people that you hear, if they aren't in that tight circle, and I, you know, this isn't anything against Frankie, but you hear a lot of negative stories about Frank, and you don't hear as many of the positive stories. Right? Sure. You, if I'm wrong, I... You're not. But... So you hear there are people where you hear primarily just the negative side. There are people where you hear that mix, right? But then you see the people that they've helped get into the business, and then I can't judge them as negatively because they seem to have done right by those people. Right. Is is how I feel about them. Makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that's fine. That we're never going to be great, but I do appreciate you know some of the people I've met because of him. Is, well, is, is yeah. how I'm going to leave by that. bringing people in that have ter- you've become friends with, and yeah, that makes sense, right? It's you, right? I like him. Is basically what I'm saying. You're going to skip as oh. as an ode to the how, how could it possibly be? My why? What, why are you so superstitious? I don't understand. You know, next time I'm going to sit on the stairs. We need to call Masters back and ask a black guy why we're all forgot today. You know who uh, sits on the stairs? Luca. No, she lived on the second floor. Yeah, but she was all. She got her ass beat nightly. I think Luca was a he. He was a little boy, right? Yeah. Oh, this is one of my favorite recurring segments on the show. Scott, what character would you be in Mad About You? Oh my God, do I even remember that? Helen Hunt. No, no, she was a star. Was anybody a star on Mad About You? Yes, Helen Hunt and Paul Reiser. A star. For for, uh, for TV in the late 80s, early 90s, Paul Reiser was starish. Enough. Paul Reiser was in Beverly Hills Cop, for crying out loud. He was. He was indeed. Paul Reiser. For, f- for those of you at home, there's two of them feverishly working their phones to get a cast list from Mad About You. Right, I'm trying to find the recurring Remember, character. you're going to have to find somebody like when it shows You'd episodes. You'd be like Richard Kind. You'd be Dr. Mark. How many, how many episodes was he in? Uh, let's Seven. See. Cindy Lauper made is a regular cast. Jerry member. Adler. How many? Uh, as uh, Mr. Wicker, the apartment building superintendent, for ten episodes. Uh, that's me then. I'll take it. Or Hank Azaria for fifteen. Because that's what. Well, Hank Azaria is too big of a star. So essentially, if you're new to the show, I am the redheaded stepchild of the Ross family. So when the bit is, we find non-important characters. Judy Geeson. I don't know. I'll, I'll stick with... You'd be Cindy Lauper's character, I think. I want to be the super. <laughs> He's going to be the super. He's going to want to be... You're going to want to be that super. Was he better? Was he a better super than creepy uh, Schneider from One Day at a Time? <laughs> 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 Even yeah. in the 70s, yeah. mustache yes. was gross. Listen, if, if, 
if there's a reason for the Me Too movement, it should be Pat Harrington's character alone. Yeah, there was only one reason he was hanging around that apartment, and yeah. it was three women. Yeah. Some of questionable age. Yeah. <coughs> I like the the pack of squares rolled up, too. In this. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. That was a thing at one point, though, because I can remember as a kid going to the zoo with my parents and my dad having one rolled up in his... Okay. And he also yeah. had a knife in his boot. He did not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had to watch out for Balmudo. You always got to watch out for Balmudo. I felt like Balmudo was a dog that let it I did a rod race. Thoughts? And this is going to probably go right over your head because of the fact that you lived in Portland at the time. <clears throat> Thoughts on bowling with the champs. Mm. Okay, so Larry Hansen, before we get into this, I'm going to tell you that we had two bowling shows in Milwaukee. We had a nightly show every night on Channel 18, Monday, Monday through Friday, Friday, the bowling game in which people would only roll the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th frame. And if you got a strike in certain frames, it would be mystery prizes, right? Okay. Okay. And then on Sunday, so again, you're talking <clears throat> WWF versus high school. Right? Right. So the bowling with the champs was the big show. They'd go to, I forgot where they shot it, but it had good production value. Red carpet, wasn't it? Yeah. And it would be two people bowling against each other in actual competitive bowling, unlike that gimmicky bowling with the uh, uh, bowling. Uh, the bowling the game bowling was game. like bar league teams. That would go on and do you know do their little right. bullshit, but they only do three frames. But frame. uh, bowling with the champs was actually head to head, one guy against one or one sure, lady against sure. one lady. Was that Hank Stoddard that? Did I that? don't know. I do know that the bowling game was Lee Rothman and, and Tom, Tom Cole. Cole. Yeah, was I do bigger than McCracken on. He was. Not. I wish bigger, <laughs> but he was always there in the morning when I got up. <laughs> See, when I think about bowling, I just think about Pleasantville, where there's that townwide emergency, and the guys like. Thank God we're in a bowling alley. We're safe now. I have no idea what you're talking about. Right you ever now. seen the Pleasant movie Pleasantville? No. Yeah, I did. Reese Witherspoon's in. Of course, I saw it. That's that a boy? Hey, come oh, on now. Radio fist pounds, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this show is really falling apart. Hank Stoddard. I was right. All right. Hank Stoddard. Uh. Anyway, um, I, 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 it's probably come out of the hat. But I do have beginning Alzheimer's. Kingpin or Big Lebowski better bowling movie? Big Lebowski. Really? Oh, I like Kingpin. I gotta go Kingpin. I'm gonna tell you that I love them both. In fact, I just watched The Big Lebowski yesterday. But King, <laughs> Jesus. Kingpin is the funnier movie. And here's the other reason why on, on default Kingpin wins. Because there's no Kingpin without bowling. I think you could still make a big Lebowski if you took the bowling. Yeah, you can because they're only in the bowling alley, like fifteen right. minutes total. But there'd be no teaching the Amish guy how to bowl if bowling wasn't the centerpiece. Right. So. Right. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And I can't say I've honestly seen the Big Lebowski all the way through. I've never seen Bowling with the Champs because I think I'm probably you too, were too young. It too went young. off there in '85. Yeah, and I was born in '85. Yeah. And, and and I'm not going to be one of those, like, because I can be a dick to people who will be like, I didn't see the Brady Bunch. I was born in 85. I'm like, yeah, there's things called reruns. Yeah, they didn't the run reruns of Bowling with the Champs. Right. So I and wouldn't have expected For the record, they have YouTube of them? They do. Well, I'm for Actually, sure. Nobody asks. I'll take the bowling game over Bowling with be the Champs. It's because you like Rich's House of Cakes, right? 
fuck yeah, I do. See? <laughs> that was one of the prizes. It's on 27th yeah. Street yeah. still to this day. I've seen I passed Rich's house with cakes. All right, what do we got? This uh, is fun. We should keep going for a, while. a little bit. More loved in Milwaukee, Aaron Rodgers or Robin Yount? Well, Aaron Rodgers. Well, before this season, when Packer fans lost their ever-loving mind, I might have been able to make a case for Aaron Rodgers. But apparently now, um, I've read stupid stuff like, He's a diva. He's a bad dude. He doesn't call his mom during the fires. Uh, he got McCarthy fired. Uh, we should trade him because all teams can absorb his cap hit. And all the other stupid crap that I've gotten to read on Facebook since this Packers season went down. Right. And, and there, there was a point for sure where he was the most loved athlete in the state because he was still playing. If you're looking at legacy-wise, now that, you know, the Brett Favre thing has kind of come back around where people like him again, because yeah. there's been that distance. You yeah, could make time the, heals all wounds. Time heals it. I think you can make the argument that Brett Favre is still more popular at this point generally than Aaron Rodgers, but Robin Yount in Milwaukee is it's Robin Yount. Well... I think in Milwaukee, it, it's it's Robin Yount. In my mind, it's Aaron Rodgers, because Aaron Rodgers is still my favorite Packer of all time. Right. Robin Yount's not my favorite Brewer of all time. Now. That's fucking blasphemy. I'm sorry. It's, it's Dick Davis. Here's the thing. It's Robin Cecil Yount. <laughs> it is Cecil Cooper. Robin Yount was a great player. I enjoyed watching him play. I loved his MVPs. I was at the game where he got his 3,000th hit. I had to buy tickets for all three games of that Cleveland series, and then he it took him to the seventh inning of the last game. They were going to go on the road. I thought I was going to miss the, the moment. I love Robin Yount. That's not... To say he's not my favorite brewer is not... Again, because we now live in this polarizing black and white world that people are going to say, oh, see, he hates Robin Yount and thinks he's a piece of shit. That's not what I'm saying. That's exactly what I Robin Yount is probably my <laughs> second favorite brewer. Cecil Cooper was the glue... On that stat, that team from '78 to '83, when they had the best record in the American League over that those five years, even though they only had the best record one year, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Cecil Cooper. Without Cecil Cooper, that that's not happening. Go back and look at his slugging percentage. Go back and look at his OPS. Go back and look at his advanced metrics that we didn't care about back then, and try to make a case for him not being the best player in that, at least in that five-year stretch. When you look at Robin Yao. I mean, I think what hurts his legacy, and this isn't fair, and I always rail against this bull crap, but they didn't win a championship. Mm -hmm. Favre and Rodgers both won a championship. Mm -hmm. That hurts Robin Yount's legacy. I rail against that all the yeah. time, especially when a guy's three years into his career. Hey, he hasn't won a championship. He always loses in the playoffs. Well, fuck, give him some time to play out his career, first of all. But the thing that's amazing to me about Robin Yount he won MVPs six years apart. Yeah, at two, two different, different positions. positions, two very tough positions. I yeah. mean, you got to, and that's a kid that was in the major leagues as an 18. average to a little as above, a child. as a child, as he an was 18. 18. And he was a good enough athlete; he could have gone pro in golf. Yeah, remember the year he held out? Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. I like. I, you don't remember any of this? But I love Robin Yell. I do. Robin Yell was, was the great. End of all that. I, and Yount is a to me, and Chuck Friedman will disagree with this. But Yount's way ahead of Molitor in my book. Uh, way don't ahead. don't even get me started on on how I keep hearing how the Brewers screwed Paul Molitor. The, the 
Brewers didn't screw Paul Mahler. Mahler even admitted two years after the fact that the Brewers offered him exactly what Toronto did, but he wanted to go win a World Series, and he threw the franchise under the bus to do it by making it look like he got lowballed. We don't talk about the time when he was mysteriously injured in 80 and 81. Cocaine. But... But, Cocaine. Right. But there was also some rumors of him being a, a, a team paid for his rehab for his injured hamstring. So Availability I, is a skill. Whether it's health, drugs, whatever. Availability is a skill. Right. And Robin Yount was out there every yeah. day. He you, did not miss chunks of He actually time. pulled that hamstring running to go get more cocaine. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to say this right now. The championship, the needing to win a championship thing to be considered a great player argument, that can't be an not accurate great. argument. Because... Elite. Well, here's the thing. You can't win a championship by yourself. I get that, but that's not how people look at you it. You put anymore. yourself in a position to win a champion. Now you see it in the NBA all the time, where guys are putting themselves in a position and grabbing two other dudes. That but you have... can't do that in baseball and football. You can't, right? Because it's not Mike the Trout same. would have five World Series right. if you could do it by yourself in baseball. Yeah, right. Because right. that guy's not only been the best player in baseball; he's been historically great. Right. I'm just right. saying it's a skewed argument because you put yourself. You, it's luck. And putting yourself in a position. No, but the question was, who's most popular? And I think the fact that Robin Young yeah. didn't bring a championship here does affect his popularity yeah. a little. It doesn't Aaron, make him a, a lesser player. Does Aaron Rodgers have lemonade? Here's the other thing. Um, the reason that you can't make that argument in baseball is, baseball is not... You only bat once every nine times. Like, well, you can, like people can say with a quarterback... And again, I don't agree with it either. But they can say with a quarterback, well, I'm going to hold him to a higher standard because he didn't win a championship because he starts every play with the ball in his hand. Okay? Right? Fine. Fair no, or not? Only half the plays well, because... on offense, he starts every no, play with the does. ball. he does. He does. Every snap starts... Right. No, no he's talking about there's a defense. He has yeah, nothing to do with his right. defense. But in baseball... You bat once every nine times. If nobody gets on base in front of you, you can't do a damn thing about that. And you absolutely, by the way, you absolutely can do that in baseball. You can go to the Red Sox. You can go to the Yankees. <laughs> you can go to any of those teams that are willing to pay. Yeah, and how did that work for the Yankees? It, it's but, 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 but it, my point is, but no, but, but you're missing the point. You can do it in basketball, and you're going to make the championship. It's yep. been proven out. It doesn't get proven out in baseball because every year, if you go back, the team with the highest payroll doesn't usually, they doesn't usually win the World Series. Last year was actually a rare anomaly where the team with the best record won the World Series. It usually doesn't happen that way. So you may get to the playoffs, but you're not guaranteeing a championship. In basketball, teams are guaranteeing themselves a championship game. Yeah, right. because and in basketball, the seven game series is a great equalizer. In baseball, of all sports, you have a one game playoff and a best of five, which doesn't prove anything right. as far as the quality of the team. Right. Right. So, okay. All right. You know who my favorite brewer is? Is that oh John Jaha? I thought you were gonna say Mark Brohard. I went to the same grade school as John Jaha. He really? was in fifth grade when I was in first grade. He was a legend in that school already in fifth grade. Was he a jerk in fifth grade? I I I couldn't look at him that way as somebody who was just beginning to love sports when I was in first grade. Here's this great athlete who's on the Gilbert Park basketball team and the Gilbert Park baseball teams. And he's just the best player by far. Did he, he have a head like a canned ham then? 
remember that part. I just remember. I just want to wrap this segment with fuck Jimmy Gantner. <laughs> hey, right. you know who you should get for your podcast is Jimmy Gantner because he'll do anything anywhere in this state. Can we get He's John John? Hey, he'll be at Brewer Fest. Are you gonna, <laughs> should we go talk to him? No? No? You're no. out? You're out? You don't want Jim Gantner? You know who kind of stiffed us on an autograph once was Dan Plesak. You know who stiffed me on an autograph when I was nine years old? Playboy Buddy Rose. Oh. oh. Uh, Dwight Bernard. Remember him? I do remember yeah. Dwight Bernard, yeah. Did he stiff you? He did. Huh. Who of all... If I were Dwight Bernard, I'd be begging to sign something. What, what a jerk. <laughs> remember Mark Brohard? I do. Yeah. But how hard did he bro? hey <laughs> Crazy Jimmy. Jimmy Goomba. Let me tell you something. It's like this. Okay. All right. So, Crazy Jimmy, Jay Real, Jimmy Goomba. He had many different gimmicks. He was... It still is one of the coolest people I ever got to meet in the wrestling business. Funny guy. Uh, lives in North Carolina now. Um, still wrestles part, from time to time. Um, man, Jimmy was great. Can you explain your understanding of the circumstances of why he had to move to North Carolina? I don't know. I know that he was a roommate of Doug, um, Doug Dillon. <laughs> so maybe Doug hit all the food. And he had to get out of town. Um, Vic, what about you? Do you remember the the rumor and uh, the rumors of why Jimmy had to move? Uh, I thought there were like it's not my place to say it. And the rumors, but right? I'll say it. It's nothing but speculation. Uh, word on the street was that he owed some money around town for uh, laying bets. Well, he did lay bets. He it, it was always hard to watch a football game with him because he could never enjoy it. Because he was always paying attention to spreads and mm-hmm. scores and whatnot, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, Jimmy was great. He he was part of a, one of my favorite tag teams of all time, the Urban Express. Him and uh, Jared Jacks. Jared Jacks. Legendary penis. Both of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, both of them. That's yeah. accurate. Yeah. Yes. We went to Crookston, Minnesota once to do a uh, show for El Vado. As you like to say it. Yeah. That means the Vado um, in Spanish. And I wrestled Brian because that's what everybody had me do back then. Just get pummeled by Brian <laughs> for 15 minutes. And when I came in the back, Jimmy must have wrestled like a match or two before us. Because when I came through the curtain to the back, it was in an ar- uh, armory. And you had to pass the showers, and as I passed the shower, Jimmy was in there showering, and I swear he almost put my eye out with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. Uh... But you know, it was legendary because I had heard sideways that like there were people who swore up and down that it was you know there, all of it, all however many flaccid inches of it. Okay. But then there were people that also swore up and down that he had special trunks made with a with a pocket. To oh, these weren't trunks. Then we. I can promise you. <laughs> yeah. The guy had a fucking baby arm hanging from. Yeah. 
and, and just above just above his testicles. And and it's not that we went out of our way to look because Jimmy also would like to finish his matches and then spend about twenty minutes buck naked in the locker room. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you? Well, of course I would. Yeah. I'd be asking questions right next to people's heads, just leaning against the wall. You know how Jack Berserker used to put a sock on his unit and then ask if you've seen his sock? Yeah. If I had Jimmy's dick, I'd just be like, hey, huh? you seen this thing? Check it. Well, how about his work? It was good. He was a good worker? Yeah, it was good. It was was always good. I... It was a mix of being good in the ring and being entertaining, whichever character he played. Yeah, like he did the part. He he played the role. Right? Remember Zumo? Yes. Yeah. If there was any, if there was anything I could say for or against Jimmy, I guess it could be number one. He had a ton of gimmicks, right? Because he, did. he went through that kind of powerhouse-ish so, phase. Well, that was I'm just going to name a couple that I remember. Yeah. Okay. He was Zumo the Martian. Uh-huh. Yeah. He was, and. Tell me where you got this one from. James Kennedy McMahon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jay Real. Yeah. Crazy Jimmy. Crazy Jimmy. Jimmy Goomba. Jimmy Goomba. Jimmy Goomba. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Could he have done that now? Or is it better to get your one... I don't think anybody... Do- Back then it was more prevalent because there were so many indie feds and, and Powerhouse was one of them that... Made you, that was making young guys, you know, because he was still youngish. He was learning the business. Changed their gimmicks all the time. Um, yeah. They always seemed like that company always seemed to do a reset. You yeah. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they'd have their stuff going on and they just reset and then they'd start new characters. Yeah, that in and of itself just doesn't work. I don't think today because you're not selling the company as much as you're selling yourself as a as an indie wrestler, and you can't. You know, if you're trying to sell your gimmicks, sell your tapes, sell your whatever, like, you need to have an overarching name. I agree, but at the same time, when he was starting out with the company he was starting out with, are you and 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 he worked his ass off. I didn't care how many people were there, but what are you selling to six people? That's accurate. That's I mean, I, and and he never shorted those six people or eight people or twelve people. But what are you really selling at that point? Right. Yeah, they've clearly given up on life. Those six people. Especially googly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Alright, well, who's pulling? Who knows? We're out of order. He pulled, then I pulled, he pulled, you pulled. Oh, okay. And then we'll all pull in a circle, but not make eye contact. Utter chaos. This is chaos, actually. Oh, for shit's sakes. Bad Boy Brian. <laughs> Okay, explain to Larry who Bad Boy Brian is. Larry, you've probably met Bad Boy Brian. You probably have, but... He did midget bowling? Do you know a midget who wrestles? Like, the world's biggest... No, that's that's Meatball. meatball. That's Meatball. Which we've talked about Bad Boy Brian. We've we've shared our Bad Boy Brian experience a couple times. First of all, he used to travel with Buck Zumhoff quite a bit as part of his traveling roadshow, so that should just tell you enough. But anyway... Yikes. uh, Yeah. Yeah, it was Bad Boy Brian, Buck, Buck's daughter, the guy with the umbrella, the pirate, uh, Simon Says. Simon Says. And Sunny Beach. <laughs> and Sunny Beach. Uh, okay, yeah. I, I don't like I, the guy. The guy basically ruined a show we were on. We were doing an outdoor show at a bar in a parking lot with like two 
like literally had two of the light poles with the like lights that overhang, and that was all we had for lights. So we and had to get the trucks. Yeah, well that is came that the later. Show that started really late. It started yes. at nine. That's Bad yeah. Boy Brian. Yeah. Because yeah, Bad Boy Brian spent two hours trying to get the midget bowling stuff in the bar, which you could have done after the show inside, so we could have used the light to do the wrestling show outside. Not just not just any midget bully, but greased up midget ramp bowling. And by the way, he used the term midget, not us. We're just repeating no. it. It's a term. It's a word. It's a little fella. Yeah. Anyway. It's a shithead. Yeah, he's, he was... Don't worry, he can't hear me. He's fucking deaf, too. <laughs> Hold on. Can I ask a question? Yes. Without being offensive to any little person that may be listening to the show here, too, or having somebody else listen to the show for them. Um... <clears throat> Why are there so many health issues around the business, our business with the little people? Why are there so many health issues with people in the wrestling business, period? Well, I'm going to ask you a question to your question. Sure. When you are a midget, dwarf, little person, however you want to call it, is that considered a birth defect? It's a great question. Because if that's considered a birth defect... Yeah. That would lead to other health issues. Your cells aren't as strong. But but like uh, Dylan outside outside of Dylan, yeah, outside Dylan of being seems a small fellow. Uh, he healthy. also he had some health issues or had. Oh, I'm point. not aware of that. But that doesn't that's neither here nor there. He's the healthiest one. Not only do all of the other little people dwarf midget mites that I've ever seen in the business have health issues, they also drink like fishes. Right? They've also been heavy smokers. They show up with a with a Mountain Dew bottle the size of their body. Well, this this is what I want to say. All right. Wait a minute. But that's but the, every you tell me other than some of the guys who are really ripped yeah. in, in wrestling and they're putting other things in their body, not shitty food. But you tell me the average rank and file. Uh, indie wrestler, for example, who takes care of themselves. Well, and I know I'm not one to talk, but I have a very simple life credo. You've heard my life credo. Yes. When we see, for instance, a fat woman smoking. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And what's that credo? Pick a thing that's going to kill you. Pick one thing that's going to kill you. <laughs> but let me ask you this. As look, I picked it, let's look at Andre the Giant. What'd you pick? Food. Yeah. That's where I was going to go. Yeah. You got. This is why I think the little guys live so hard. Live so hard is because just like the opposite, the giant, your fucking body hurts all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Like it takes so much extra effort to get into the car, to go up the stairs. That's fucking hard, wear and tear on the body. And yes. I think that they're looking to ease that pain. Right. And and I'll even go a little further back. I bet you a guy like Andre the Giant and a guy like Little Tokyo. Both probably were ostracized in school as at a young age. For sure, picked on, looked at weird. It's no maybe bullied. I mean, I don't know who's gonna bully Andre the Giant, but I mean, if he's tall and skinny, I mean, maybe everybody. I mean, hey, if there's fifteen of them, they can get the job right. done. So <laughs> again, <laughs> in a trench coat. How do people? What do they do to, to you know, to soothe some of that? Right. I mean, I don't know. I and I. Meatball, I never saw do any of the, you know, the the real hard living either. Saw him smoke. 
Yeah, I never saw that. He used to be a roadie at the rave. Yes. Yes, I saw that. I saw that. He was at the the Motorhead concert, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfect roadie. It's a spitz. It's a spitz. Anyway. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right, who's next? We're just going? We'll go a couple more. Let's do two more. Let's do two more. We get an extra special. Larry, I know Larry's got to go, but... Yeah, we were good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, another one, Scott character. Oh, no, this is... <clears throat> I hope it's a show I watched. The show is Step by Step. Who the hell's writing this shit? <laughs> Who watched Step by Step? Patrick Duffy. <laughs> no, my dad had no time for that show. Uh, no, he was on that show. Uh, with his rolled up uh, cigarette. Look up some care. I, come on, help. I, well, I'll tell you what, this is actually a callback to the Paul Reiser thing because he was the dad on My Two Dads yes. and the daughter from My Two Dads was on Step by Step. Oh, there you go. I watched a lot of TV, man. How about you pick some shows that people actually watch? I, like Starsky and Hutch. Bronson Pinchot played Jean-Luc Rupé. If you can't say it, it don't count. Uh, who were you on Hill Street Blues? Uh, the desk sergeant. Not the sergeant who did Roll Call. Okay. But the desk sergeant who would come in and hand out the paper. Who were you on the love boat? Um, I was one of the uh, staff members that worked for right. Julie. Who I were got you, you on Barney Miller? Um, I was Inspector Luger. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of close to a, Luger. a bigger... You think he was a bigger oh! character? He was on almost every episode. Every time he came in... Well, how about Levitt him? before Levitt got promoted to the main character? I'll take it. Yeah, okay. All right, I got your step-by-step character. Yeah. Uh, you would be Patricia Darbo as Penny Baker, uh, who was Carol, which was uh, Suzanne Summers' man-hungry sister. She was written out of the series after the first season. In Bewitched, I'd be Dr. <laughs> Bombay, maybe? Cause pa- okay. Yeah, because he wasn't in every episode. And I can't be the, the grandma, and I can't be Paul Lynn's character. I'd have Paul Lynn. No, that gay. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> me and Paul Lynn played the same part. I was also the father in Bye Bye Birdie. Hey, let me tell you this. I was shocked as a little kid to find out Paul Lynn lived an alternative life. So <laughs> shocked! <laughs> That's because you didn't know what gay was. You were watching that. the squares? <laughs> I did watch Hollywood Squares. Yeah, yeah, huh? Absolutely. Huh? Who was a better star of their game show? Paul Lynn or Richard Dawson on Match Game? Because obviously Richard Dawson on Family Feud, he was a host. That I'll say count. Paul Lind because he wasn't drunk all the time. Yeah, but match game, match game was funny because those guys were always drunk. Right. You know how it worked, right? They'd film five episodes in one day. Right. And they'd start drinking, and by Friday, they were shit-faced. They were fried. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need you to tell me what this word is in the middle, but I think it says best disco song. Hmm. Yeah. That's what it says. Uh, it's uh, uh, Disco Inferno? It's oh, you're going to go with Kiss, aren't you? You son of a bitch. I'm trying to remember what it is. I was made burn, for loving you. Baby, burn. <laughs> Disco Inferno. That's what I'll go with. I'll go with yeah. I was made for loving you by uh, Kiss. I'm going to go with Disco Inferno or anything by Donna Summer, but it will not be anything by the Bee Gees. Hey, what's up? I'm going to go YMCA. Okay. Oh, that's the a standard of disco songs. Oh, okay. All right, I'll step outside. What about uh, "Ring My Bell"? 
Ah, uh, yes. Not bad. Yeah, well, not Amy bad. Stewart. Yeah. Uh, is I Will Survive considered a disco yeah, song? Yeah, That's sure. a pretty good one, too. It was Thunder also in a replacement. What about It's Rain and Men? That's a disco song. <laughs> not anymore, it ain't. <laughs> That's a disco song, yeah. Okay, so let me tell you what my thoughts on disco. And I put disco in the same category as hair metal. Okay? I went to many hair metal concerts in the mid-80s. I went to one at the Bradley Center. There were 18,000 people there, right? Okay. But then when all when, when grunge came around, all those 18,000 people said they never liked that shit to begin with. I never listened to hair metal. Ah, screw winger. I never went to a Poison concert. They did the same to disco. Disco clubs were packed. Shoulder to shoulder packed, right? They were... If you go look at the the Billboard Top 100 charts in 78, 79, at any given time, 20 of the top 40 songs were disco songs, right? You can hear that on Sunday morning. Yeah, I do. And I listen. I love that. The Casey Kasem callbacks. The, uh, 95.7. So then, all of a sudden, somebody decided that we hate disco now and disco sucks. And then everybody who had their, their polyester jumpsuit pretended that they never listened to a BG song or never listened to a disco song. And it's a, it, they, they're all in denial. And they did the same thing to hair metal. Bunch of fake-ass posers. Right. Well, I'm looking up the Billboard.com list of the 35 top disco oh, songs. Oh, good. Yeah, let's oh, good. This is this, this would be good. So the number one best disco song is what it's saying. And the, num- the top four are all Donna Summer. I, I believe that. Number one is I Feel Love. Yeah, that was a good song. That yeah. bass groove was good. Yeah. yeah. Number two was Love to Love You, Baby. Okay. Not my favorite. Those but. were all for sex. Those were all good sex yeah, songs. They were good sex songs. Yeah. Number three was Last Dance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then number four is Hot Stuff. Oh, yeah. Yes. Hot Stuff, baby. Oh, she's got the top six. Oh, yeah. Five is uh, Bad Girls. Yeah, oh, yeah. Six is On the Radio. Okay. Uh, and then seven, a band we didn't really bring up, was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Although I don't know if Do I would consider remember? I feel like they were more fun. The 21st of September. So Donna Summer had the top six disco songs. I guess that makes sense. Is this based on, like, length of time in a chart on the chart? I have no idea. what. It, I didn't read any of that. I just uh, Number 12, Boney M, Daddy Cool. Love it. I don't know that. She's crazy no. like a fool. Daddy, daddy cool. Okay. No, no, that's really I remember that one. No. What else we got? Let's see. Yeah, okay, maybe it's vaguely familiar. Good. Uh, it's a good entrance song. All right, what else do we got? Let's let any uh, anything by. What about uh, that guy um, making it? Was that a disco song? Making it by David Naughton. Is that on? <laughs> I haven't seen I don't it. Know yet. If I know that one. Number fifteen, uh, Le Freak. Yeah. Okay. So, By Chic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Funky ooh. Town. Uh, Love Train. By Lips. More, more, more. Oh yeah, more. Yeah. Uh, we are family. Yeah. Okay. This is my brothers and my sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can't get enough of your love, babe. That's not a disco song. That's a that's a thugging song. <laughs> hey, find David Naughton's making it. David. <laughs> All right, I will find David. You Knott's. know, you know, David Naughton's claim to flame was he was the Dr. Pepper dude in the early. I'm a pepper. She's a pepper. Yeah, he, yeah, really. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was an American Werewolf in London. Yeah, good stuff. This guy turned into a werewolf in London. 
Oh yeah, this is good stuff. Let's let it here. Alright, let's do it. No. I can remember as a kid, <laughs> my friend Paul, we were the same age, but he had an older brother, David, who was probably so we started hanging out when we were in kindergarten, like six, seven years, right? Yeah. Five, yeah. six years yeah. old. Dave was probably like 14 or 15. Oh, my. Okay. Okay. So Dave's room was upstairs at the at this duplex. Right. Like it was, so you had a downstairs, then you had the upstairs, and then I guess his room was technically would be the attic. Like the loft right? of the attic. Sure. And I remember he had written a bunch of stuff on the walls. Like stay out of my room? It was probably yeah. there. But one of the things I clearly remember to this day was that he had written, Disco sucks the shit in my toilet. Oh. Wow. <laughs> that's real specific. Well, that's, it was. That's, that's good stuff. Um, did he? Did you also find his Playboys like three years later? When no. He was sneaking around his room? No. Okay. But uh, I can tell you that Dave was the first guy to ever apply the iron claw to my forehead. Okay. And squeeze like my brains were going to come out of my fucking ears. Did you tap out? There was no such thing That's as right, a tap That's right, there wasn't. Out. You had to have a rough So basically it was just up. me going, ah! <laughs> Alright. And then Jimmy was born. No. <laughs> One more topic and then we'll take this shit home. Alright, who's Paul? I, just, I feel like I just pulled. I just pulled that. Right. They go that way. Discord These are guests. All right, last one. Yeah, you get last to make send us home. Make it good. Oh, oh, you oh fumble. One. Fumble. See what happens. You see what fucking happens. <laughs> All right, what do we got? <laughs> Look at this professional setup. You see what happens, Larry? <laughs> <laughs> Can you even read my writing on that? Yeah. Pound Town, Round Mound of Rebound, or Downtown Julie Brown, Marry, Sex, or Kill. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll start. <laughs> I'm killing Downtown Julie Brown. Okay. Wubble, wubble, wubble. I'm marrying the Round Mound of Rebound because I don't have to have sex to be married to him. And I'm sexing up Pound Town. <laughs> Ugh. That's terrible. <laughs> Alright, I need the list. <laughs> you need the list? Town? <laughs> Town is Maru's girlfriend. Oh. She has a name. She's a scientist. Know. I don't know her. Yeah. Alright. But we call her Pound Town because that's where he Can I look her. and see what Julie Brown looks like these days? Oh, yes, you can. Alright. You can. Blaine, why don't you take this? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. Being the straightest man in the country. I'm going to kill Charles Barkley. <laughs> really? So you want to listen to Wubba 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 for the rest of your life? <laughs> I'm going to sex up downtown Julie Brown. Oh, all right? Because okay. it's just once, right? Yeah. It's just yeah, once. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to marry Pound Town because she's a nice lady. And and her science stuff could make you some money. Yeah. Her phytosynthesis science. Photosynthesis? No. All right. I have my answer. <laughs> Are you proud of it? Well, I'm not proud of anything on this show. <laughs> I am going to sleep with Pound Town. Yeah. All right. Once. Yep. I am going to marry the Round Mound of Rebound because yeah. Charles Barkley got that money. Yeah. See? <laughs> He's and, broke. And I'm going to kill this monster known as Downtown <laughs> Yes. Yes. I'm going to have her exercise from the planet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure yes. she's the villain in Insidious. 
You, would you like some? Yeah, we got. I need a visual. All right. Yeah. So, all right. Got, hold so, on. Hold so this is what downtown Julie Brown looks like. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> you don't and need to know what Charles Barkley looks like. Well, I, mean, I hold on. But we're gonna. We're, this is Charles Barkley. <laughs> in case you, in case you <laughs> didn't know, Charles this Barkley. is Charles. More modern. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the five bucks Bach. It rocks. It rocks. <laughs> I'll take you golfing at least. Uh, let's get here. Well, we're getting there. Hold on. Now, can this be 1990 downtown Julie Brown, or has it got to be 2019 downtown Julie Brown? Well, it has to be 2019 because we don't know what Pound Town looked like in 1990. This, yeah, this is Pound Town. Yeah, she's right here. 12. Okay. It's Pound Town. Uh, also Pound Town back there in the background. Okay. So, All right. So you got your, do you have enough? I'm going to kill Charles Barkley. Yeah, yeah there we go. So straight. So straight. Not um, hiding anything here. I'm going to marry Maru's Amy Farrah Fowler. Oh. And I'm going to sex up downtown Julie Brown. Little Think bit. about it, it's 1990. Oh. You got to do it. You can put the picture. Listen, I had a girlfriend in like 04, okay? Yeah. Real fat. Uh-huh. Real greasy. Uh-huh. But she had one real nice picture on her dorm wall in one of those things that frame. you... No, it wasn't a frame. It was like... College kids have this. It's like a fabric thing with a bunch of ribbons, and you can kind of, like, put the corners of pictures in it's it. It's like a stick board, right? Kind of like that. Yeah. But, like, she had real one real nice picture of, you know... From that eight minutes she looked... From like. that eight minutes she looked... <laughs> like she had just showered. Right. Right. She had yeah. just had to go yeah. to like a wedding or something, or it was like beach. She season. was wearing loose clothing. So, but it was like right where my like face. So, like I could back then, I still got on top occasionally. <laughs> I could turn my head and take myself to Thereville. Let me ask you a question. All right, is it honest question? Yeah. You seen Harry Potter? No. 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 Then why do you want to bang the villain from it? Oh. <laughs> Downtown Julie Brown was yeah. the villain. Well, she well, certainly appears to be. Certainly looks like it. <laughs> well, as long as we don't say his it, name. It was a snake with no nose. Oh, yeah, Dimbledorf. I don't think that's it. Dumble Stump. Stevendorf. Well, that's all the time we have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a great show. Uh, Larry Hanson, I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It went, flew by. Covered a lot. Yeah. Covered yeah, a lot we of did. territory. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eleven. Yeah. Got in there. Yeah. Got deep. Like we would in downtown Julie Brown. Our fun, our fun, our fun shway is all messed up though, so we'll have to. I can't even say Krav Maga this show. It's Can you say too... Wang Chung? <sighs> yeah. Do you, you think might Pound... want to end with Wobble Wobble Wobble? <laughs> Do you think Pound Town says Krav Maga? I hope so. If she's listening to this show, you need to say Krav Maga right as Isaac gets to the right, back. right before, right there, right before, and then say it, and it'll like shrink back down. Pound Town. <laughs> Stop looking at his picture on the wall right next to your head from before, you know. Things from 1998? <laughs> yeah. When he was in shape? <laughs> and didn't look like the thatch of hair that grows out of my ass. <laughs> just just turn your head, look him deep in the eyes, and say, Let's whisper it real slow. For Larry Hansen, for Vic the Stick Ross, for Jack Spade, I'm Hotshot, Scott Williams, good night, everybody.